Okay, this is episode two of Grace, Grit, and All the Other Shit, a podcast about entrepreneurship. I'm Mary Hanlon. I'm your host. I started this podcast because I started a product business called Life is Shit, and I wanted to build in some accountability and build a network and a community of other entrepreneurs and small business owners by starting a podcast. Um, I haven't posted an episode in a couple weeks because I didn't really have anything to talk about and I had to reschedule with a guest. So that will be coming next week. In the meantime, I sat down with my husband and we're going to talk a little bit about a networking event we went to last week. Last week. Last week. So this is my husband, Jed. Do you want to tell the people about yourself? <laughs> Hi, my name's Jed. I am Mary's husband. I am a serial entrepreneur. I always have an idea brewing. Um, I am working on currently starting an agency uh, that helps companies, small business, small service-based businesses uh, bring their company online. So uh, that encompasses websites, local SEO, uh, marketing automations, review generation, things like that. Okay. Um, So we're going to talk about the networking event we went to last week. It was a week ago on Tuesday, right? Is Mm -hmm. that right? Yep. The weather was kind of poor, but we made it out, and it was kind of a speed pitching event. So you paid, I think, $45 plus whatever fee, there was a an Eventbrite fee, to go to this event from 9 a.m. to 11.30 a.m., and we went to a local like community center gym here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, and met up with a bunch of other area entrepreneurs, and you sat down and did speed networking. So you pitched for 60 seconds? I think about that, yeah. Yeah, you pitched your business for 60 seconds at a table of six, seven, or eight people, and then you got up and you moved on to another table and you pitched again and you did that all morning trading um, business cards or other relevant material. And I think the last two tables that you pitched at, you pitched for 30 seconds instead of 60 seconds. And there were also some larger businesses that had vendor tables that had also sponsored the event. So um, we went and we pitched. I went specifically to go to try and connect with potential podcast guests to come on and talk about their small business. And I'm really happy with how that went. It's the first time I've pitched the podcast and it went pretty well. Um, How do you feel about pitching? Um, I learned... Pretty quickly, even though that I, I had a, not a rough draft. I, I'd say it was a little bit more than a rough draft of, of my pitch in my head. But as soon as I got in front of someone, 
or in this case, like six or seven someones, it was a lot more complicated to spit it out and um, get my get my point across about what I did. And it, it kind of made me realize that maybe I'm not exactly clear or I haven't uh, dialed that in enough to where I need to have it to be able to tell other people effectively. It was it was interesting though, like uh I felt it went really well. I while you were with me I didn't once it came around in the morning I was like I knew I should go but I didn't want to go but uh once I got there and uh got settled and doing everything it was actually a lot of fun. We were only at we sat down at the table together even though we were told that we should split up. Right. But we were only together at that first table. One time. Right? Yeah. One time at the very beginning. Um, but I kind of, con- I convinced you to go because I didn't want to go by myself. Right. Um, I realized that I had conceptualized my pitch as just talking about the podcast, which if you already know me and you already know about life is shit, then when I say, oh, I'm starting a podcast about the process of starting my business. You already automatically know what that is and what's going on. But to a group of people that I don't know yet, to just say, I'm here because I'm starting a podcast called Grace, Grit, and all the other shit because I'm starting a business and I want to talk to other business owners about the process of starting a business and running a business. And... They're like, what's your business? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, you have no idea because I don't I don't know you. So I had to kind of retool my pitch a little bit as well. There's kind of how you think it's going to go in your head. Mm-hmm. And then there's the way the words come out the first time you say it. And then there's the realization that that final version that you put on paper the first time actually maybe doesn't work as well for the real world as you thought that it did. Right. It would work if you were telling eight U's, but you know, there's no context, no backstory, no, um, you know, if there were eight clones of you, everybody would get it. Everybody. Right. Because you just are, yeah. In your own head. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the really useful parts of this event because you pitched probably what eight nine times at the table and then or you pitched to at the table yeah to six seven or eight people at a time at eight or nine different tables and we had a little i had a little bit of overlap pretty small though i think there were maybe three people that I had been at our original table with that I ran into somewhere along the course of pitching. Mm -hmm. And then there were a couple of people, I think two people that had different tables they'd started out at that ended up hearing my pitch twice. But even that was useful because somebody else got to see, you know, how your pitch had progressed well, and vice versa, too. I got to hear how theirs kind of evolved as well from, like, table to table because I had a couple duplicates as well. Yeah. Um, 
I found that like partway through, like I hit a point to where I just like, it was the pitch equivalent of like tripping on the hurdle during a track <laughs> event. And like, even though I'd already said it five times or so. Just down? Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I had thought that I was going to like freshen it up or try a new approach, but I'd been, I'd nailed how I wanted to say it and I'd said it so many times that then when I tried to just, um, improv a new version, it just (laughs) fell flat and didn't, didn't work at all. Um, yeah. Do you, do you remember your pitch still? Yeah, kind of. It's, uh, I mean, I do, but then I started making variations to it. So I think the one I went with was uh, uh, Make Simple. We provide uh, enterprise-level automations to small serv- sm- local small service-based businesses. So, And then like what really woke me up was like enterprise-level automations. Like I'm talking to a plumber and I'm talking to, you know, a 65 year old woman she has no idea what enterprise level automations are and like it just i mean it it doesn't clearly communicate what i do so <clears throat> um when we've talked about that right like i do very limited freelance social media on the side and there have been projects where i've just been complaining about a hurdle that I have in my work to you and how long it's going to take me to do something or how tedious the project is going to be. And then you tell me that you can just get into Excel or Google Sheets and um, what's the thing where you put the things together? (laughs) The thing where I put the things. Uh, Merge Sheets. No, and the like... The one thing does the other thing, so they all talk to each other. No idea. We're like, with the the lines. Oh, uh, N8N or Zapier. Yeah. Integromatic. So what are those? Those are just automation tools. Um, they basically take... Uh, so everything nowadays can communicate via an API or an integration. Uh, almost all software has that. And so you can literally say, if this happens in this software, uh, then this happens in this other software, pass this data over to that. Um, And so that's useful for, you know, like Excel sheets or email marketing or, uh, you know, Facebook ads, lead generation, lead nurturing, things like that, or or any aspect of business, actually. I mean, uh, and originally, or or still, uh, I'm not sure, but that's one of the services that I wanted to provide. I mean, I think everybody can think of those one or two tasks that they have to do a week that are just tedious and, um, you know, mind-numbingly boring, but just have to get done. And, and things like that, with the technology that's available now and affordable, can easily be automated and save, save people, you know, two, three hours a week, which uh, doesn't sound like much, but that's, that's pretty huge, actually. Yeah. And your your demographic of people, which includes me, and that's one of the nice things about having somebody with your skill set be like my husband and in the same house as me, because my background is 
um, like in the real world, right? My background is not jobs that are on the computer. I don't know what has developed in the world of tools beyond Microsoft Word in high school, you know? And so like, I know that if I sign up for something on the internet, then I get an email and then I can sign up for text messages and I can track my packages and I like kind of know all these things exist, but I have a tedious project or a problem in a work task that I'm trying to accomplish and I don't even have the knowledge to know that that solution can be automated. Like, I have no idea, right? Like I, I think that's most people. Right. Like, I had thousands. I think the one that was really... I had thousands of emails that I was oh, putting so- together into, like, they were coming from three different resources. And then I was putting them together into one sheet and there were duplicates and I was going to tediously go through that and you were able to build something that not only eliminated the duplicates but then validated the legitimacy of the email addresses so that I wasn't because I was working with a list that had a finite number of email addresses that I could even input into the list. And so it was important to not go over that number. And so I don't want to be sending emails to emails that don't exist, right? There's somebody uses throwaway email to get a quote and they never check that email or what have you. Well, you that know? actually hurts your, if you're sending to bad addresses, it actually hurts your, your, I guess your email sending credit report, I guess you could call it, um, you know, basically what differentiates you, uh, from spam, from a spammer or not spammer. Yeah. And so you're able to build me a tool that did that for me in, I mean, a matter of minutes. Right. When I would have been with the technical, with with the tech knowledge that I have, like my personal skill set at that moment in time would have been to copy and paste them into a Google Sheet and manually look at each line and go from right. there and then dump them all into a list and hope for the best. Right. Well, and think about like the value to um, like a business owner. So you have a, uh, for instance, your sister, right? She she had a list of about 60,000. She had two lists. They had about 60,000 entries on each one, and they had to be matched. And um, there was a few other, there was like four or five pieces of data that had to be matched. And she had gotten through, like, the fact that she even attempted it was funny because she got through, like, 200, 150, 200 of them in about four hours. And so you're paying this person, you know, I guess salary is a little different, but figure $35, $45 an hour and like you're really wasting your time having them do that where it took me an hour to build the tool and then it, it banged out 60,000 uh, entries in, you know, a matter of minutes. So Well, and that's kind of like the best case scenario, right? Like if you're a salaried person who's making 60, 65, 70, 80 K a year and they're taking, I mean, how long 
at the rate that you were going as just a human to finish that project, right? Like, that is weeks and weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's like... A, your your employee, you're paying someone that's trained to do something else, to do some dumb, dumb stuff, right? That waste their time. They're not happy about it, so they get grumpy. Like it's just, it's just a ma- maximizing efficiency, right? And before, before the last couple of years, this stuff. That's why, that's where I came up with that whole enterprise level automation. Was before a couple of years ago, this stuff wasn't affordable. It was always been available for the most part. Um, but it wasn't affordable to everyone or it was too complicated to use like new tools like N8N and things have come along to where it, you know, there's a learning curve, but once you get to know the, the ins and outs of it, it's fairly simple to operate. And so those things weren't available. And so I just think a lot of people, uh, you know, don't know what's possible. And so that's kind of where you got to like circle back to how, it applies, you have to figure out how to communicate because we spent, we just spent a long time talking about what enterprise level automation solutions means to somebody like me who still has to Google how to take a screenshot of a desktop and literally any command on sheets because I don't know any of them Um, because I don't ever use them. I've, I've never had to use them in my adult working life. Um, And so through the process of having conversations with other entrepreneurs who you may or may not be able to help, you kind of, you can see what's a blind spot when you're just iterating in your own head that this pitch, and it sounds good, right? Like it sounds like make simple is enterprise level solutions and automations for the small to mid-sized business owner anywhere from a one-man shop up to a person who has several to a hundred employees maybe so that way you can spend more time working in your business instead of on your business right that's what we're here for is to make make simple is here to make it simple for you mm-hmm. right um but if you don't know what enterprise level solutions and automations means you're like yeah that sounds awesome that sounds super awesome Sounds like something I probably don't need. Yeah, don't need, don't want to spend the money on, can't afford, whatever, right? Like, it's just, it's kind of a, it's just a hoity-toity fancy verbiage. Where basically is, I take stuff that, you know, you can teach a computer to do. The mundane, necessary tasks that that you don't want to do and, and make them happen. And... Yeah, I mean, now I'm kind of not, I've moved not away from that, but more dialed it into just the the marketing. So you mentioned earlier, like, you know, you put in your email, you get, you know, an automated response, or you get a confirmation email, or you can track this, or you can track that. So that is more, um, because small businesses live and die off leads right and so if you're not following up with your leads if you're only calling them once or twice i mean that that just doesn't cut it and if you can be consistent and professional in your follow-up it just it goes a long ways um not to mention to can you know 
a lot of people will pay for leads or get leads and call them once or twice and then they're just gone. But if you can continue to nurture that for a year uh, or two years or forever uh, without having to think about it, that's really where I'm, I'm focusing the bulk of my, my attention. Um, for someone that would normally sit down and write an email and then forget for six weeks and then, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And what else do you do at Make Simple? So it's kind of, uh, there's basically six parts that go into um, a business's online presence. Um, and they're all kind of symbiotic. They all have to work together. Uh, so we go through and um, the first one is website. So, you, I mean, it's 2024. Uh, you know, if you haven't put a little effort into your online presence to realize the, the necessity of that, well, then, you know, good luck to you and Godspeed. But, I mean, literally, it's not that hard to have a nice professional. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be expensive but a nice professional website. Uh, the second part of that that we help with is um, <clears throat> basic SEO. So that is your on-page SEO with your website, uh, just to make sure that you're, you have the keywords and the, the categories and pages to help you get found locally, and then optimizing your Google business profile. Uh, the next step that uh, we focus on is reviews, and that is bringing people in, uh, getting getting reviews on that Google business profile, getting them posted on your website. Um, and then we focus on the marketing automation, such as the email follow-ups, the, the consistency in your communication and with your leads and your nurturing them. Um, and then we move on to uh, paid ads. So once you have all those systems in place, uh, you can move on to paid ads. and Because it really doesn't make sense uh, to send people somewhere where if the, I mean, cause what's somebody going to do if they find out about you, they're going to research you, right? If your website looks like crap, they're going to, that's going to turn them off. If you don't have reviews or, uh, they're probably not going to, you know, choose to do business with you or go elsewhere. So it's, it's all, uh, a relationship between those six things and we just help people dial those in. And we have, um, one system that can, do it all when you did um you said you mentioned it's 2024 and it's not you need to have a website and I ended up having you design the website for life is shit after I tried Squareface, Squarespace and I tried Shopify and I had tried to DIY them myself and they talk about how easy they are to use. Right. But again, I'm out here like the scope of my technology since 2000 is smartphones and when they came out, you know, um, so I don't know shit about shit about shit and I don't think I ever even got a product up on my Shopify store. I got Squarespace, but I just wasn't, I just wasn't happy with the way that it was. I didn't like what it was doing. And I know I finally just got to the point where I said, I said to you, I was like, I need you to build my website and 
you can just invoice my company because if you can't do it or don't want to do it, I'm going to have to go hire someone else anyway because I, I'm wasting so much time and money right. that in the long run, it will cost me less to pay someone. And that was also true with my product photos. I found a local photographer I had Keely finally. She had done a, and hopefully we can get her on the podcast. Keely, um, she was running a special on shoots for small business owners, and I needed product photos. And for the amount of money that she was charging, and to know that I'm going to spend a few hours with her while she shoots the product, and then she's going to go and edit the photos, and she's just going to send me photos that are ready to go. And then I wasted a bunch of time and money messing around myself. But at the end of the day, I sent you those photos and you used those photos and you did product mock-ups with the label um, drafts that I got from AHA Creative from <coughs> Ali and you built me a website and I would have still been fucking around with Squarespace. Right. Well, it, you know, they pitch it as, at, as, you know, drag and drop or whatever. I mean, it's the same thing, whether it's websites or the photos, it's like, you are going to, like you said, you're going to spend more time than you want to. You probably don't care about it. You're right. Maybe just trying to save money or maybe you think it's a skill that you should have or, or you were coding your MySpace page when you were in middle right, school. You're like, oh shit, I can do that. No problem. But you're gonna spend way longer than you than you want to, and regardless, you're not gonna be happy with the product, whether it's a website or the photos or, you know. So it's best to. And this is tough for me because I'm cheap. Like, it's better to have someone. So thrifty. I am. <laughs> I'm thrifty. <laughs> uh, but I I thoroughly enjoy learning, right? So like, it. I don't know. That's just me, but. I mean, for, on this website, look at this one that I'm making now. It's like not even that long. Um, but in order to look good, look professional, convey the, the message that you, uh, that you want your business to convey, it takes time and experience. So. Yeah, I mean, you get stuff done in a fraction of the amount of time that it would take me to angrily watch a YouTube video and fail a bunch of times and then walk away. Um, and so I think that, that that's that's one of those things. And so when I took Creative Enterprise through Terrain and Spaceworks Tacoma over in Spokane, um, my one of the instructors, Alex Brooke, said that as an entrepreneur, you will be bootstrapping for as long as you decide to be bootstrapping. Um, you can struggle through trying to do everything from the ground up for the least amount of money and investment possible for forever. If that's what you decide you want to do. And if that's how you want to do it, because you want the entire scope of experience when it comes to 
building your business, then you can do that. But it is, in my experience, it has been incredibly helpful to find professionals that already know how to do something I need done and to just fucking pay them to do it. And the added benefit is I meet one more person who I'm telling about my business. They might not ever buy my product. They might not ever listen to my podcast. I might not ever see them again. But just having the conversation about my business is good for me. It helps keep me on track. It helps keep me accountable. It helps keep me enthusiastic when the day-to-day can be kind of grueling. And sometimes I'm like, fuck, maybe I'll get on LinkedIn and see if someone will give me a job instead of doing what I'm doing right now. Um, But when I go to somebody... That, you know, I, like I said, I hadn't worked, life of shit wasn't part of the pitch at the networking event at all. The pitch was literally, I'm starting a podcast, I'm looking for people to be on the podcast. But then when I sat down and it was like, oh, what is the business though? It was like, oh, I've started a toilet spray. I've started a product business. It's called Life is Shit. It's toilet spray. Um... And as part of launching this business, I've decided to start a podcast where I talk to other small business owners to build in some accountability for myself and grow my network and create a community of small business owners. Well, we talk about the grace you have to give yourself and other people when you're starting a business, the grittiness it takes to keep showing up in the entrepreneurship space day after day, and all the other shit that goes along with starting a business. And... I'm like so sick of saying that sometimes. I'm so sick of thinking about that. I have to make a batch of sprays and I don't want to. I have to write a newsletter. I have to apply for markets. I have to make sure that my wholesale pricing is correct and pitch stores. I have to get ready to me. I have to do a bunch of stuff and I don't want to do it. But when I tell somebody else, oh, I've started a product-based business and it's called Life is Shit. Like, they automatically laugh. Like, you tell an entrepreneur, you say the words, life is shit, to somebody else that's running a small business, and that idea automatically resonates with them because they're like, it's so much shit, right? right? But they still want to, it's still where they're at, and it's still what they're doing. And I come away feeling better. Hopefully, they come away feeling better, and maybe... I spend some money with them or they spend some money with me and who knows later down the road they could run into somebody who needs my product or needs my service or I could end up needing their product or service and if I had spent six months trying to figure out how to build a Squarespace site that I hate or design infinite iterations of a product label that I can't get the way I want. Um, I have a product and a platform that I'm less than happy with because I'm not a professional. That's not my area of specialty. And my world is smaller because I stayed in my little office instead of going out into the world when like 
commerce is based on relations with other people. Like it's literally the foundation of trade and what we're doing out here. But it's also super anxiety producing. And so that was one of the nice things about, for me, the networking event that we went to because there were so many people and it went so fast that you kind of were just like, like speed drilling it, right? Right, no no time to think about it really. No, you couldn't be too nervous because you had 60 seconds to go. And then there was like, I think 10 seconds in between each person's pitch maybe. So like you pitched and then there was a couple seconds and the facilitator was like, all right, the next person's going to go now in three, two, one. And someone else is pitching and everyone's paying attention to them. And so you literally like couldn't be stuck in your own head. Yeah. For me. And I think um, I also liked, we got, and everyone got the opportunity to opt out if they wanted to, but then we got. Oh, for the email list? Yeah, for the email list. Because you have to, because that's the ethical thing to do, is to be very clear about what you're doing with people's emails and to not opt them into stuff that they weren't transparently opting into at the beginning but among the people that chose to stay to opt in or to not opt out I guess um, you got a list of all of those contacts and so you can reach out to them if you want to and there are a few people that I know just from the speed networking event are interested in coming on the podcast and have, I think, really interesting stories to tell. And so I'm really excited about that. I think that it was definitely successful for me. It got me out of my comfort zone. It got me working on the pitch for the podcast, which I hadn't done. I have a pitch for the spray, but there was no pitch for the podcast really until that event. And I'm excited and looking forward to doing more of them. I also really liked that it didn't start at 7 o'clock in the morning. Because as Mm -hmm. a person that works nights, a lot of (coughs) business, networking, and education things happen in the morning before the traditional 9 to 5 workday. And I usually don't go. Although it is my goal to suck it up. And show up to some of those a little bit sleep deprived. Um, How did you feel overall about how that event went? Are you glad you did it? Because I kind of bribed you. I suckered you. I like whined about how (laughs) I was like, I'll pay for this if you go with me. So your wifey doesn't have to go by herself. Right. Like, um, yeah, I, I did think it was good. Like I said, I, I had hesitation in the morning because I'm not a morning person either. But uh, once I got there and that that type of thing's way out of my comfort zone, I'm not, uh, not a big people person. But uh, once I got there and started doing it, uh, I definitely saw the value in it. Um, and like I said, like I think you mentioned it, it makes you aware of, of things that maybe you hadn't thought about or, um, you know, helps you, helps you learn your business a little bit more. So I thought that was cool. 
and uh, just seeing how getting to listen to other people, how they operate, how they pitch their business, see what kind of business they're out there, um, you know, locally. And then obviously just uh, making those connections and, and learning about new opportunities that you may or may not have known about. Yeah, thought it was a, a successful one. Okay, so to wrap up, tell the people if they want to find you how can they find you uh you can go to make simple dot click c-l-i-c-k c-l-i-c-k um that is the best way or um jed at make simple dot solutions and yeah and you do websites and email marketing and so automations. So could I literally just email you and be like, here's this project. This is what I'm doing. This is the thing that I hate. Do Is this something that you can automate for me? Uh, absolutely. That is not the... Like, I, I'm totally willing to, to take on those, those projects. Um, those are a little bigger scope just because you're integrating with whatever, uh, you know, if it's not just Excel and email, you know, if you have a CRM or, a, you know, it's integrating with your, your software. So what I'm really focusing on, how I can help people the most right now is uh, by going through those six steps, um, bringing that all into one place uh, so that you're not, <clears throat> you know, having to log into Facebook to, to respond to someone or your Google page. Uh, so website, local SEO, reviews, and uh, I forgot social media in the first part uh, that I was talking about. Um, but really helping people bring their businesses online and tackling those basics. And then um, so that they have a well-rounded online presence uh, in order for them to have some consistency and, and come across professionally and grow. So make simple dot click. Yep. Or Jed at makesimple.solutions. Solutions. Mm -hmm. And you can find me at lifeisshit.shop. Um, you'll be able to find the podcast uh, somewhere when <laughs> I pay my husband to build a page for the podcast, which hopefully soon. Um, thanks for being my first podcast guest while I test drive how talking to someone else is going to work. And next week I'll have my first officially scheduled podcast guest, which whoa, whoa. I'm so excited about. So yay. Thanks. And then we'll talk to you later because we have a little pastime of hopping in the car and driving out to Montana and talking about life, the universe, and everything, or whatever back roads we end up on. And right mm. now, with where we are at in our life, often we end up talking about building our businesses. Mm -hmm. And we did talk about maybe hitting the record button for some of those conversations. Yeah. So, thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you next week.